Hello and welcome to the uh, Get Pucks Deep podcast. I'm your co-host, John. And I'm Zach. And we are going to be covering this week's preview of the Alabama Huntsville Chargers. Um, Zach, anything you want to say for hot takes for the Chargers at the beginning here? You know what? No. I feel like if I say anything, I'm probably just going to jinx it. Okay, cool. So I'll preview the episode here. We have the Michigan Tech Huskies, which are 1-3-0 versus the Alabama Huntsville Chargers, which are 0-8-0. We have um, some NCAA game results. And then um, our third period, which is the NHL, is the NHL. More casualties than the great emo, emu war, question mark? The great emo war. I was emu. like... Emu, My Chemical right? Romance fighting Hawthorne Heights? No. <laughs> no, emu, as in the Australian flightless bird that's not the ostrich. Oh, see, I think that's offensive to Nathan Walker, who is the only Australian National Hockey League player who is not injured. Foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to first move on to our first period here. That is uh, tech hockey. So we're going to recap the Wisconsin versus Michigan Tech uh, series here. I'll give you a hot, quick take here. Um, We win 4-6 or or 6-2, and then we lose uh, 2-6 in a symmetrical game. How is that a hot take? It wasn't. It was more of a You said, I'll give you a quick, hot take. It was more of a quick recap. Zach, give me a break here, okay? (laughs) I I spent the better part of two hours here working on hockey. Let's work on that hockey. As they say in hockey, let's work on that hockey. Anyways, game game one showed a very impressive tech team. Um, from what I was actually at the games, for what I saw, we were very, very, very good. Um, we scored six goals against their two. Um, we had a five for eight on the power play that day, which is just amazing. And in addition, this was um, Buckley's first game playing on the blue line and I definitely noticed him as a player on the ice even though I was sitting like super far away in the 200 seat section behind their starting net so I gotta ask I was only able to listen to this game I couldn't see it in person or online Uh, when I know tech uh, tech drew a lot of penalties against Wisconsin was that something that seemed like we were playing faster than them uh, or more physical or were they just being sloppy I'd say both to be honest, um, or all of the above, I guess, um, they were looking really sloppy. Um, they have the offensive strength, like I went over in my preview, hashtag uh, plugging the uh, tech hockey guide. Um, but anyways, um, they drew a lot of penalties. A lot of the was sloppy play. Um, the two majors they had, um, the first one was uh, very much a, I think, more of a situational, he had a lot of momentum and couldn't stop kind of a play. But the second major against them, um, Dahoogie, Dahoogie, whatever the the can confirm five foot three inch player was very sloppy. He lost his cool. He punched our guy in the face, and that was actually the first uh, face mask penalty I've ever actually seen in college hockey after going on six years now. Yeah, I've heard a lot about. Oh, he grabbed the face mask. That's five minutes. Five minutes. He didn't grab. He actually literally oh, like actual punch. Okay, like a couple times. I saw it come through the box score, and I think they called it grabbing the face mask. No, he, he legit punched with his glove on a couple of times. Okay. Yeah, that'll yep. do it. Yep. I mean, he had to go up at like a 60 degree angle, but he he, he made contact with that face mask. That, that'll that do a it. Short, that was a short joke, by the way. I'm sorry. He was like five foot six on skates. Okay. 
Anyways, moving on to game number two, um, basically the reverse happened, as in that Tech basically got just manhandled by Wisconsin. Our defense kind of broke down again in the second period, as seen with the UMD series. We just couldn't play a full 120 minutes of hockey with them. They scored five goals in the second. Um, in addition, we took a bad uh, five-minute major game misconduct need a knee hit. I will say I did have to ask people in um, the Tech Hockey Guide Discord um, whether or not that was an actual knee contact because I saw it from the back of the play and it looked like it was just a straight hip check, but I apparently um, it was seen differently, which I can admit that way I was probably wrong because I had a one yeah. point of view, I guess. Yeah, you probably didn't have the best angle based no, on where you guys were sitting. I saw the back of the Tech player and it looked like it was just a hip check to me, but it yeah. makes sense. Anyways, um, we were pretty much uh, manhandled there. Um, we only scored two goals in the first period. Went away with a 2-1 to one lead, but then our team basically looked like we just kind of gave up in the second period. Like, we didn't want to get hit. We didn't want to make big plays. We didn't want to be physical, from what I saw. Hmm. That's, uh, that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, moving on to uh, uh, the Joe Sean Hour, he did talk about this as well, just kind of mixing the two together. We didn't really play with the grit that we needed. Um, he did mention a lot of previous players, Steros, Neville, um, Caro, uh, uh, a lot of um, a lot of ex-players or former players, if you will, about how they have that grit. They're not afraid to get in the way of the puck. Our guys kind of just seem to be more... Uh, cautious, I guess, is the best way to describe it. We didn't want to take uh, shot blocks. We didn't want to close the lanes from what I saw. It was more of a, we want to get to the puck and, and for at least the defenseman's sake, get rid of it as fast as possible to the forwards, and the forwards just didn't want to be available at all times. Okay. So there didn't seem to be a lot of confidence in controlling the puck and, and skating with it. Is that what Especially you're saying? Especially on the defenseman part, on the yes. Defensive on the end, forwards yeah. side, it was more of they were... Uh, it was basically, it felt like five on three on the forward side because our okay. defenseman would pass it up the forward. They just wouldn't touch it afterwards and the forwards would try to go in and then you'd have five, fo- three forwards and two defensemen just trying to stop them. At least from what I saw. Like, of course, this is all a biased opinion here and um, Coach Sean does do a good job addressing this as well in the uh, Joe Sean Hour. So I'd recommend listening to that. Anything you noticed from the radio listening? We scored a lot on the power play on Friday. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, and there were a lot of goals. A lot of the goals that were scored were scored by freshmen. That was one thing that I noticed a lot. Anyways, moving on. Um, uh, give a shout out to the Tech Hockey Guide. The uh, The preview has been written by yours truly. It is going in for review. Um, if you would like to read it, it should be live probably this Wednesday, Thursday-ish. Maybe Friday at the latest. You should make sure that you predict Tech to win both games this time because uh, you were pretty accurate with your predictions last time. So I think you have some strange, you know, voodoo magic that's controlling the outcome of the game. So definitely predict us to win both games. I'm not going to lie. I was dumbfounded after game one after being that close. Yeah, you're like, oh, by the way, it's going to be Tech's going to win. It's going to be a pretty good game and the power play is going to be important. Tech scores five power play goals and wins six to two. I didn't. I just. I just saw it because what I noticed from Wisconsin is they have a trend of taking penalties, and I just said we need to take advantage of that. And we did. Holy cow! Yeah. Anyways, um, that Tech Hockey Guide preview should be up eventually, sometime this week, probably no later than Friday. Of course, the game, the day of. 
Um, anyways, moving on, we have our preview here for the uh, University of Alabama Huntsville Chargers. So, anything you want to add before I take it away here, Zach? Uh, Alabama Huntsville has been... We've pretty consistently beaten them, but over the years, it's gotten closer pretty much every year. They have won um, one game against us all time. Right. But when they first started playing them, it was it was blowouts consistently. And the yep. last couple of years have been close games, and they've now actually won a game against us. So I wouldn't take this weekend as two free wins. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that it's big for the team that we need to go in and sweep this weekend. Uh, we've had two series against very good hockey teams in Duluth and Wisconsin, and this is our first chance against someone who should we should be better than. And so it'll be a good test if we go in and sweep and look good. That's a really good sign. If we struggle against Huntsville, I'm going to be a little worried for this season. I would have to agree with you there. Um, I just finished the preview actually today, um, so that's going in for editing. Um, I can give you a quick uh, hot take if you want because I don't want to spoil it. How does that sound with you? Sure. Give me what you got. So from my my research here and review is um, the Alabama Huntsville Chargers are 0-8 and eight right now, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. If you look at it, every single team they've played this year so far – as of the week of October 29th, has either received votes or is ranked in the um, USCHO poll, which is a, 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 a big feat in itself. We have Miami, which is 6-2. and two. We have Colorado College at 4-1-1, one, one. Denver at 3-0-1, oh, Arizona State at 6-2-0, and, and then LSSU at 4-0-0. Oh, so it's not like the Huntsville, or sorry, the Chargers have had a easy time they have had their work cut out for them they have been playing very good teams so far this year yeah they've definitely not been playing any any slouches uh thus far in the schedule but i don't think that any of the the receiving votes teams are are especially scary to me you know lssu's looked pretty good colorado college is good Arizona State is actually better than i've expected i think that if they yeah, were in they, a conference they, they would they be tied ranked by now ohio state i believe I don't remember that for sure, but they've they've been playing really well. Um, but I don't think that Colorado College, Colorado College or Lake State are really any better than Tech should be. Uh, I understand they've been performing better thus far, but Tech's had a really tough schedule to start the year off. So I I think that Tech should be in that realm of, you know, mid 20s you know receiving some votes uh so i think that tech should be able to play well against Huntsville. i would i would agree with you but i would also say that it's not necessarily alabama huntsville's fault per se um going into that i mean um their goaltender their their starter goaltender at least from what i've seen is uh, mark sinclair he's currently 0 and 5 but he's basically the henry lundquist of uh, or Heinrich, whatever Lundquist of the NCAA, with a goals against average of two point six three and a nine twenty one save percentage. So that's above average for your NCAA goalie. Yeah, and you have to imagine if you're playing that well in zero and five, you're not getting a lot of offensive support there. Nope, and I can give you the stats for that. They have seven goals in eight games, and they are averaging point nine goals per game with an average of twenty one point eight shots per game. So they are pretty good on the blue line and pretty good in the crease, but when it comes to off offense, they are 
struggling very, very much. Seven goals in eight games? Is yes. that bad? It's that bad, and their shots aren't even that good either. Um, from what I remember, I saw a statistic over the weekend. They scored their first goal with 12 minutes left in the second period against Minnesota State. So they went a full period and basically a half without a shot on goal. Oh, no. And they finished that goal, that game with seven goal or seven shots on net. That is the lowest that the College Hockey News app has ever had while recording. And I think it's been since 2004. The next one up was uh, Northern Michigan at eight shots on goal in a game. That was Huntsville? Yeah, like, Huntsville's at seven, Northern's at eight. Okay. Yep, so they now hold the record low for shots on goal in a, in a single regulation college hockey game since the College Hockey News app has been um, recording stuff. That is actually incorrect. It is? Yes, as of Friday. Because Alaska put up six shots against Mankato on oh, Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Oh, I may, have had, I may have had that wrong then. It might have been Alaska then that scored its first, or got its first shot off then. That could be, yeah, because Alaska had just six shots okay. in the game against Mankato. Yeah, okay, my apologies then. I'm wrong. It's it's Alaska, not, not Alabama. But anyways, regardless of that statistic or not, Alabama Huntsville is having a hard time on the offensive front, and they need to fix it somehow. I don't want them to fix it against us, but they need to fix it somehow. Yeah, you hope that they fix it when they play some out-of-conference teams and not when they play us. Or they play any other team in conference that isn't us. I mean, that'd be fine, but I don't really care. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's all I have for Alabama. Um, keys to the game. I have, we need to have a strong defense this, this go-around. We shouldn't have any, honestly, really any excuses for doing well defensively this series. Just the cold, hard truth. Um, our offense should be able to... Uh, should shouldn't sleep on it because they should they have their work cut out from them in the sense that their blue line is experienced and their goaltender is decent so our offense needs to actually show up to the game but they shouldn't need to worry about getting five goals in a game to win right you you would think that we'd be able to win with two or three in a game like this exactly and then finally is we need some confidence in goal um it's hard to tell who coach sean's going to choose um if it's any note, um, Jurassic stayed in game after giving up five goals in the second. So it might be um, some foreshadowing that he might be in net this series, but um, only time will tell. Um, pretty sure he only gave up three goals in the second. He I'm gave looking, up five. I'm at the box score. I'm looking at the box score right now. He gave up two goals in the first, three goals in the second, and one in the third. Oh, well, he gave up three goals then. Anyways, he gave up in total six so goals. He, and he, he still gave pulled. up six goals in the game. That's and he wasn't not pulled. Good. So, if anything, that might be a foreshadowing that he might be in for this series as well, or at least traveling. Right. I would be surprised if he's not traveling. Yeah. So, any hot takes for this upcoming series, or would you like to move on to the second period of NCAA hockey? I'm not going to make any bold predictions, but... Um this is a series tech needs to do well. I can give you the official prediction if you want, if you want some spoilers. Nah, save that save that one for the uh for the preview. Okay. Um anyways, I won't give that prediction away then. So moving on to the second period, we have NCAA hockey's. Hey Zach, you want to hit me up with that quick sponsorship that isn't sponsoring us? Hey, so if you are a fan of college hockey, I would highly recommend you use the College Hockey News app on your phone. I know it's on Android, and I'm pretty sure it's on iPhone, but you shouldn't use iPhone because iPhone sucks. 
Use the app. It's really good. Anyways, uh, moving on here, we have some college upsets that happened today, or this past weekend, I should say. Um, do you want me to take it away, or do you want to take it away? Go for it. Okay, so we had Minnesota, or sorry, ooh, crud. I already made the mistake. Michigan wow. State sweeps Cornell. We have Minnesota Duluth sweeping Notre Dame. We have RPI sweeping Union, which is also an upset, because I think Union was ranked 10th or 11th. That sounds right. We had a single-game series of Penn State over Princeton, which was kind of an upset because I think Princeton was rated higher than Penn State at the time. We had a single-game series of Northeastern over St. Cloud, which is a huge upset. St. Cloud sucks. Apparently. And then we had another upset of a single-game series again. We had a ton of single-game series. Yeah, it's kind of weird this, this weekend. Yeah, I, it was really hard actually writing all this down because it was like single game, single game, single game, single game. Anyways, we had uh, North Dakota over Minnesota for a single game series as well, which is actually big because I think North Dakota was in the high teens while Minnesota was sixth. I'm very conflicted about that game. Yeah, same. But the biggest one that I've seen besides the Michigan State over Cornell or the UMD over Notre Dame was probably the Bowling Green State wins Friday and then ties Saturday over the Ohio State University. Man, the Ohio State University has been struggling recently. Just a bit. Do you want to tell me how bad the Ohio State University has been struggling so far? Man, the Ohio State University has been struggling so much. Uh, The Friday game against Bowling Green, I just was checking the CHN app uh, and I didn't believe the scores that were coming in. Wait, hold but, on. Hashtag get us up with that sponsorship. Thank you. Hashtag CS, CHN app. Uh, but the scores were real and the scores are beautiful. Bowling Green 8, the Ohio State University 2. <laughs> so I tried doing some digging on the Saturday game. Um, I couldn't see anything but a tie. So I don't know if the WCHA shootout thing actually happened or not because this was at Bowling Green. It was a one there, one one away kind of thing. But there was no record of it. So I have no absolutely no idea. Yeah, I don't know how that, that uh, Saturday I, le- I legitimately mentioned. digged through the CHA, CH, or CHN app. Hashtag hit us up with that sponsorship. I went through Bowling Green's site. I went through Ohio State's site. I went through the NCAA site. I went through the WCHA site. And there was nothing on it. Check Twitter. I did not. Oh, actually, yeah, I did, and they didn't have anything as well. Wow! If Twitter doesn't know what's happening, it didn't happen. Yep. But anyways, this uh, the series brings up the question here: Is uh, Bowling Green the real deal this year? To be honest, it's too early to say. I'm almost more inclined to say that Ohio State's not the real deal, and they were just way overrated. Um, but. Bowling Green has been a good team for a while now, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, going to be continue to be a strong program and be a team that ends up ranked in the, you know, top 15, top 10 uh, at the end of the year. But I'm not completely sold on them yet. Okay. That doesn't, I can, or I guess I shouldn't say that doesn't surprise me. I can agree with that. Um, my biggest thing with Bowling Green is whether or not. Um, they have the consistency to stay like that because they do have a veteran defensive line coming back. They have a veteran goalie coming back. But the biggest question is is how they're going to do when um, WCHA play Um, because as much as I love the WCHA, I only see us getting uh, two conference bids again this year. Yeah, I don't, 
unless something really crazy happens, I can't imagine there being, you know, more than two. Yeah, so I'm assuming Minnesota State just keeps killing it, or Bowling yeah. Green kills it, and Minnesota State falls off. I can't imagine Mankato not getting a, a bid, unless something catastrophic happens, you know. Yeah, Both their goalies of, get injured or something terrible. Ex- exactly, but... I only see two happening. Maybe three. Maybe we'll get lucky this year. The WCHA has been looking good. We'll be covering yeah. that in our poll recap. But It'd be incredible if the WCHA got three. I'd be shocked, though. Yeah, so the moral of the story here for our next bullet point is the WCHA out-of-conference recap, we have gotten a lot better than we were last year because I believe we were dead last in conference conference play and conference record among yeah, the NCAA. We, we were really bad last year, um, though that, I think that was kind of a, a statistical outlier. We've not been amazing recently but we've been okay the years prior to last year and then last year just everyone just tanked in out of conference play and yeah. other than like Mankato Mankato yeah, is the so only team that did okay comparative to last year we are doing a lot better and I am all for the WCHA being a lot stronger of a conference because it makes our opponents better makes us better and it makes basically the uh the games better to be honest yeah, and I would was going to say, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's early in the year and that doesn't mean a lot, but a lot of the out-of-conference play is done in the beginning of the year. Uh, it, was, it was when I was looking at the Huntsville stuff. Um, they only have two more out-of-conference games the entire season. Now, they've done very poorly in out-of-conference play, but I know that's the general trend for the season is you play your out-of-conference games and then you go and you play against your conference opponents later in the year. I kind of wish um, it was more mixed, to be honest. I think it would be a better... That'd be fairer, right? Because um, you you have a lot of the RPI and the rankings based on how you did in out-of-conference play, and the beginning of the season is when teams are the least consistent and there's the most ability for crazy upsets. So you can end up with a team who's by the end of the year or even by the middle of the season is amazing, but they could drop a game to, I don't know, Alabama Huntsville or something. It could happen. It didn't this year, but it can happen. Or you know, Alaska, or is it was it Anchorage or Fairbanks? One of them tied, uh, I think. tied with... Um, uh, no, none of them no. tied, but we had a close game with one of them with North Dakota, I believe. Okay, so Anchorage beat Colorado College, and then Alaska oh, did, I did get something. The, oh, yeah, this Anchorage is a while beat ago. Colorado College, and then um, I think uh, Fairbanks tied. I Fairbanks think. tied Denver. That's what yeah. it was. Okay, there you go. And so there's been a couple, you know, a couple games where you have a team who is bad. They're a bad team, uh, and they played against a good team, but they get some either a win or a tie out of it, and that'll help out their pairwise a lot. Um. And by default, then helping out their conferences. Whereas if they played in the middle of the season, if you play Alaska, plays against Denver, you know they're not going to win that game. They're not going to tie that game. It's like a one in ten chance at that point. Whereas right now, it's probably more like a one in four or one in five. Yeah, I can see that. Um, we also got to keep in mind though, hockey is one of the more random sports. Oh, for sure. You know, hockey. There's definitely more chances for an underdog to win, but still a, a team yeah. like like Fairbanks or Huntsville or Anchorage teams like those the odds are slim for them to win against a team like 
you know, Denver or Nodak or no, something yeah, like that. I can agree. Um, if you're really interested in this kind of statistical stuff, um, the YouTube channel Vox actually did a cover between um, hockey and the rest of the sports spectrum to see which sports are the most random which versus which sports require the most skill. And it's actually very um, statistical. It's not a lot of hearsay, and I would recommend it if you want to look it up. I, I've not seen that, but I'm assuming when you say the most skill, it is Basketball, not the, the specifically. No, no, it doesn't. It's not that the sport requires the most skill. It's the sport that most accurately, the winner is most frequently the more skilled team. No, 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 no. So when I when I say most skill, I mean um, on a per player basis versus the entire game as a whole. So. Hockey has the most amount of luck associated with it, while right. basketball has the most amount of skill associated with it. So what I'm saying is that it's the game more accurately, the winner is most frequently the team with more skill. Whereas In basketball, yes. In yes. hockey, it's That's less. That's what I'm saying. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you need more skill to play basketball. It just means that the game of basketball the way is that more, it works is the more, winning is more determined by skill. More determined by skill. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. My apologies. And looking here at the WCHA recap, which is our next section here, I, I did list the correct team and the shot count. So I feel a little dumber now. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. So going into our WCHA recap here, we had the University of Alaska Anchorage versus Ferris at Ferris. We had Ferris sweeping the series um, 4 nothing on Friday and 3-2 to on Saturday. So UAA made a little bit of a comeback on Saturday, made it a closer game. We had the next game was Bemidji at Northern. And this is just an order of the College Hockey News app, by the way. Um, hashtag hit us up with that sponsorship. Anyways, we had Bemidji at Northern. Northern wins game 1, 3 to nothing, And then Bemidji wins game 2, 2-1. Two to one. Next up is LSSU at the University of Alabama Huntsville, we had LSSU sweeping the series. I didn't actually list the games here because I listed them above here. So we have uh, Lake State winning uh, four to three on Friday and two to one on Saturday. So the defense made it a closer game than what would normally be um, you would think with Alabama Huntsville, and their offense actually kind of picked up the slack a little bit. I didn't actually look at these games in too much particular detail because I was looking at the team as a whole. Um, Zach, did you look at them at all closely? I did not get a chance to look at the WCHA or college hockey as a whole much this weekend. Uh, okay. So, no, I didn't get to see that game. So, moral of the story, though, is from from what I've seen is um, Alabama Huntsville will keep the goals against pretty far down, but they can't score anything. So, they might be losing very close games. Um that can be a little bit skewed with some of the games they played earlier because they've played against some good teams. But other than that, Lake State kind of just had their way with the offense and then their defense just kind of took charge against um, UAA's offense or UAH's offense, I should say. Anyways, the final game we have here is the University of Alaska Fairbanks at the Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks. Um, thank you for changing the names in the doc to Cato instead of Minis- Min-, Min State. Yeah, that was just no. It, was, it wasn't even Min State. It was Min SU. Well, I was gonna I wasn't gonna use MSU God, because we had so the Cornell ugly. sweep above. That that's why yeah, I did I know. that. I, I know why you did that, but Min SU. God, that was ugly. Anyway, well, I mean, I think everybody else does MNSU. Or you can just say Mankato. Or yeah, I could do that. Cato. But then, anyway, anyways, moral of the story here: Cato sweeps. 
Um, they win 4 nothing on Friday and then 3-1 on Saturday. Um, a pretty good manhandling here. The only thing interesting to note of that Saturday game is, I believe, um, the Nanooks scored the first goal. Your Alaska Nanooks! At the Carlson Center. Anyways... Actually, it was actually Mankato. in Mankato. Yeah, yeah, no, but the, but welcome At to the, the Carlson Verizon Center. Wireless Center. But welcome to the Carlson Center. Welcome to the Verizon Wireless Center. Is it? Isn't it? I think it is. Amsoil is Duluth. Amsoil is Duluth. Okay. Anyways, moral of the story here: this is the sad game one where the Nanooks got their first shot with 12 minutes left in the second period and had six shots in total, which is the lowest in college hockey news app history. Man, that's brutal. Yeah, they just got a new coach, I think, too. And I feel sorry for the guy. (laughs) That poor person. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to polls and ranking news with John, because I like following the statistical stuff here. Um, We had, with the USCHO poll today, actually, or no, yesterday, sorry, Monday, uh, the 29th, we had UMD at number one. Then we had four WCHA teams ranked this year, ranked or receiving votes this this week, which is actually an improvement from last year, last week, which I think was three. So we had Minnesota State at four, bumping up a bunch. We had B, uh, Bowling Green State at ninth, bumping up a bunch again. We had Bemidji receiving votes, and then we had Lake State receiving votes. And I believe Lake State is the team who wasn't receiving votes in the previous, or was it Bemidji? I think it was Lake State. Okay. Yep. And then for the USA Today poll, we only had two WCHA teams in there. Again, um, Minnesota Duluth was number one. We had Mankato again at fourth, which didn't change. But Bemidji was bumped down a spot to number 10 because they apparently they thought Ohio State was above them That's, at number nine. This is Bowling Green who was bumped down. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Bowling Green was at number 10. And for whatever reason, they thought Ohio State was better than them at number nine. So I got no idea. That's that's uh, that's some bias towards that's some, the that's some Ohio State. Here. I'm just University. waiting for the WCHA coaches poll and the media poll to come out eventually. But we probably won't get that until all the WCHA teams play. Yeah, I don't think so. Yep. Anyways, moving on to the third period NHL news. Um, everybody hurt. Everybody hurt. I guess is the best way to describe it. So everybody the, hurt. Yep. For those of mo- for those of you not familiar with the Great U- Emu War, that was a war against the Australian people versus the emus who were just overrunning the continent. Um, believe it or not, the Australians lost that war. Nobody died, besides a bunch of emus, but the emus still won. But more of the story here is um, a lot of people are hurt and a lot of big names are hurt. So, Zach, um, I see that you've altered the doc you, a little wanna, bit here. You want to know who's hurt, John? Hold on, hold on. I got to see here. It's size 72 font. I don't know if it's big enough. My, no, I tried going one bigger and it's. I'm going to go 96. There it is. Yeah, but then it splits. It doesn't look uh, good that way. Okay, okay, fine. You want to hit me up with that, yeah. that number one player who's hurt for you? You want it? My heart hurts. My soul hurts. Why does my soul hurt? Austin Matthews is hurt. Matthews separated his left shoulder. And oh, he actually out separated for, it. Yes, he separated his left shoulder. Ouch. He'll be out for a minimum of four weeks. He doesn't need surgery. Uh, he had he separated his shoulder last year uh, and was out for a similar amount of time. That was his right shoulder, though. So this isn't a re-injury. This is a separate injury entirely, mm-hmm. which is simultaneously scary and comforting. It's comforting that it's not a re-injury. It doesn't seem that he's 
susceptible to re-injuring it any more than he is to just injuring a different shoulder altogether. Um, so I guess that's good. It's not seeming to be a trend, um, but it's still not comforting that Austin Matthews has now separated both of his shoulders. I've separated my right shoulder. I, I feel it there. It's not a fun injury. I believe it. I, I yep. don't. I don't want that to happen to me or to Austin Matthews. Yep. Can I can I move on with the other injuries here? No one else matters. Nothing else matters. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the other injuries here, we have Jonathan Quick, Andrews Nielsen, um, Jake matter. Allen, Victor Hedman, Max Pacioretty. Doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, Comtois first name. Um, Alexander Edler, who I personally like a lot because he's not my fantasy team. Doesn't um, matter. Um, Pecorine. Uh, Brady Thachuk, Joe Thornton, Thachuk. Paul Nasty. Brady Thachuk. <laughs> How do you say it? Thachuk. Thachuk, whatever. Thachuk, Thachuk, whatever. Thugchuk. The one that's like. not on my fantasy team. Joe Thornton, Paul Snasty, and Liberto Luongo. So basically, <sighs> a lot of goalies are Doesn't hurt. Doesn't matter. A lot of big names are hurt, to be honest, so far this year. That's just something matter. I've noticed. This has been your NHL fantasy update, even though it doesn't Nothing really else matters. matter because apparently Austin Matthews says all that matters in life. Yep. It's true. Anyways, Zach, you want to hit me up with that Newlander news update? Doesn't matter. So you tell me there's nothing? Nothing else matters. Perfect. Okay, moving on. Um, goalie pads are here to stay by the Department of Player Safety. Um, this is just a small tidbit. Um, they said that the goalie pads are here to stay. Um basically told goalies to stop their complaining and yada 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 yeah um, the goalies are like oh god we're gonna get hurt and the the nhl player safety people were like doesn't matter exactly anyways moving on tom wilson's appeal that i talked about last weekend was denied by or last week um was denied by gary bettman um he is now appealing again through the nhl player association with a third-party arbitrator this worked um, previously with Weidman, who uh, checked that linesman, I think it was, and, like, knocked the linesman out after he got, like, concussed. Um, anyways, he served, like, 19 games of a suspension. They knocked it down to 10, so he got nine games of back pay. That's majority of the moral of the story there. So Tom Wilson might get out a little sooner than later. Probably not. Doesn't matter. Anyways, moving on to the penalty box, I actually don't got anything to complain about because my complaining section is actually in the next section because it's more of a debate. Don't, you, don't don't let this fool you. John has something to complain about. He just wants to phrase it in a different light. That's all. Sure. Do you have anything to complain to about in the penalty box, Zach? No, nothing matters. Perfect. Anyways, moving on. We're up for this week's section of the line change. Zach, do you have anything yet because the doc isn't filled out for you? Do you think anything matters? <laughs> Gosh darn it. Okay, moving on. My idea is here is more of a debate versus a complaint is I think that we should stop ranking teams that haven't played yet with the first week of the season for the NCAA being the exception. The reason I say this is is because if you look back at our ups, our upsets here, we had Michigan State sweep Cornell, who that was their first series, and then we also had Penn State over Princeton, and that was their first game. So the reason I say this is because I believe that they should prove themselves regard, um, neglecting the first ranking of the season because that's basically last year's results. 
And the reason I say this is, is because you need the statistical data to prove that whether or not they're a decent team. These rankings may be very volatile right now, but they do mean something since these teams are winning or losing against other teams. And it I, does give you a good situation of where they are and how they are performing. I don't think the rankings matter at all right now. And so I think it's fine that they include them because, like you said, they're basically just ranking it off of how last year's results went. That's week and, number one, though. I'm saying, yeah, like, and so you, we're, we're, like, gonna, we're, four, we're four weeks into the season now. We have teams with eight games played under their belt, like the Alabama-Huntsville Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I feel that these rankings have more of a validation than they did at the beginning of the season. I do feel that they're starting to show you the trend of which teams are good versus which teams are bad. Like, for example, Boston University and Boston College have yet to win a game this season. So... I think that they're trying to show you a little bit, but I still don't think that you could look at this and say with any certainty that a team that you thought was good and has performed poorly so far or a team you thought was bad and has performed well thus far is actually whatever they've performed. Like if Alabama Huntsville, who we assumed was going to be bad this year, came out and went played against the teams they played against and went like 6-2, and two, would you actually believe this team's like a legit top 15 team in the league right now after looking at their stats and if their offense is putting up those numbers yes i would and you'd probably be wrong like they're going to regress to where they're supposed to belong they they would be performing that well right now but they're almost certainly not that good whereas if for example boston university loses what four games three games so far was it i i don't know off the top of my head i think they lost four um, let, me ch- let me check the College Hockey News website. Hashtag hit us up with that sponsorship. Anyways, um, teams here, you said specifically BU? Yeah, I said BU. Okay, so BU is currently 0-4. Okay, so BU is 0-4. We Boston College BU. is 0-4 as well. Okay, so both of them are 0-4. We expected both of them to be better than that. And I think that they will be. I think that they're going to come back and they'll be... Maybe not elite teams, but they're going to be good teams by the end of the year. Both of them have too much talent on their teams to underperform that much all year. It's the same thing that, you know, five games into the Leafs season, their power play was shooting at 50%, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's not sustainable. That's not going to keep happening. And so a team overperforming for the first six to eight games or something can happen and I understand the season is smaller in college hockey so it means a little bit more but still I don't think that early season results and we're still in the early parts of this season should influence your opinion of a team that much I I tend to disagree with the with the with the poll numbers and um, just statistical methods by doing a bunch of different kinds of polling whether or not be it would it be in within a sports format or not um, I believe that the numbers speak for themselves and I feel that if the teams are playing well so far you can equate the first eight games of the season to the first twenty games of the NHL for example and you can get a pretty good you can get a pretty good guess or um, at least point in the right direction of what teams are doing well, what teams are doing poorly. I I understand the math behind your, you can equate the first eight games to the first 20 games in the NHL, but that's just ridiculous, right? It's still just eight games. Like that's eight sample points. Even if the 
sample total size no, is like the sample size is still games. super small. I understand yeah. the sample size for the entire year is only thirty four games or whatever it is, uh, but and I understand that eight games is a significant chunk of that. But I'm not talking about what their total record is going to be. I'm gonna I'm talking about how good of a team they are, right? Because if they're a good enough team that it's going to matter at the end of the year, i.e., they're going to have a shot at the tournament. I don't care what seed they come into the tournament. I care about how good they are as a ho- how good they are, right? Yeah, but like, going off Tech that, came in as the 15th seed last year. They could have won it all. Did they? No, but they going, lost going off of in that, OT in the first off, round to the runner-up. Going off to that logic, though, if the NCAA wanted to do based on which team should win the tournament, they would do more than a one-game elimination because in the sport of hockey especially, when you do one-game elimination versus a series of games the outcome of the underdog winning or just something random happening is very much higher than that of if we were to play a bunch of games. It's the same exact reason March Madness exists versus doing a couple games and doing the right. best of three, best of four, best or best of three, best of five, best of seven. It's because... Because it's exciting. Yes, exactly. And it allows for more randomness. That's how you get a team like, I'm, like, I'm not like Loyola in the, in the basketball tournament going up to like what, the fourth or the, the fourth round? Yeah, I'm not saying that the NCAA hockey tournament does a good job of determining the best team at the end of the year, but I'm saying that's what the goal of ranking should be is to determine who the best team is, right? Yeah, but like that's, in that's doing your so, goal. they should do it based off of the results that are in for the season, not based off of last year's results. Because if you look at that, the LA Kings should be very, very good right now in the NHL, and they're not. Or the Ducks should be pretty decent, but they're not. Yes, but you shouldn't overreact to early results. Oh, I'm not and saying I'm over... I don't think I'm overreacting. I, I think I I'm, don't think that it's fair to a team who you expect to be good, who has not played, and not proven that they're good, and not proven that they're bad. You should keep them ranked where you think that they should be. Or they should you know, just if, remain unranked, so that way you take a neutral approach to it, and then when they prove themselves, you put them up in the ranking. That That's, that's how gonna I mess. I feel like that's going to mess up how the RPI works if you just don't give them a ranking. Rankings are different from the season. RPI. The RPI doesn't matter on rankings at all. The RPI is completely independent. So you're talking about like the, the polls. Yeah, the polls. Sure. Fine. Yeah. That's that's specifically what I've been talking about this entire time. Princeton and Cornell should have not had a ranking in the USA USCHO poll or the USA Today poll. They should not have had a ranking because they didn't play any games. The RPI is completely independent. Okay. Yep, it is. The RPI is specifically mathematical. Right, which is basically the only thing that matters when it comes to whether you're getting into the tournament is the RPI. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And that's agree the only thing besides, that actually besides matters. Besides the auto build. Before, besides the auto base, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the only polling system that matters yeah i was complaining about the 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 media polls or whatever you want to call them i don't care about the media polls at all yeah but that's that's what i'm talking about though that's all okay yep sure if you want to keep them out of the media polls i don't yeah. know complain specifically to the, media. the usa today and the and the uscho polls that's what i thought you were arguing no i was arguing about rpi oh rpi yeah rpi is straight math it doesn't matter It's legitimately just straight up math. Right, yeah. When I think of rankings, I think of RPI. So oh, you were okay. saying keep them out of the rankings, and I'm like, 
that's a terrible idea. Okay, my apologies. So, Sorry for the miscommunication there. Oh, we're good. We, we got a good debate, though. Anyways, that just about Nothing does matters. it for our third period here on um, NHL Hockey. Sadly, Zach and I have a uh, have a tie. We need to go to overtime here for our fantasy update, and Zach will win this one because Zach may never lose the uh, may lose a fantasy game ever again. Still undefeated. Yeah. Let's go. I called it on Except myself. For- then again, I had a really bad week. Austin Matthews is hurt. Versus our guy in our league who had a very good week. And I think he led the league in points. Yeah, Mr. Corndog's over there with like 180 some odd points. Yeah, he 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 uh swiftly um kicked my butt. But well, I if am, you're listening, have a corn dog for me. But I am currently winning right now by two points. Good job. Does that mean anything? Probably not. But nope. I am currently winning by two points. Yes, Michael Furland proving everybody wrong. Doesn't matter. And the guy I picked up today has an assist. Okay, how bad's Ryan? Like, I hope Ryan Kessler isn't doing that good thing because I dropped him. Sorry, I guess got to give a live update here. Ryan Kessler, he today has point three points. Okay, I did my job. What Doesn't I can't. Matter. I know nothing matters. Austin Matthews hurt. He's also on your fantasy team, so you're probably gonna lose this week. Probably not, and I'm gonna lose again. I'm play- <laughs> playing Jones. I'll be fine. <laughs> Hi, Jones. Scoreboard. Let's see here. Just a quick live fantasy update here on Zach's team. We have him. No one cares. Winning by three points. Three and a half points. Get wrecked, Jones. Clearly, apparently, Alex Ovechkin can't carry your team. Especially when he's not playing today. That, that'll that make it hard. Yeah. Anyways, I think that about does it for me. Do you have anything else you would like to add today for the today's episode? No. No. Just, oh, hey, Anthony Mantha. He might not be minus 12 anymore. Yeah, he's minus 11. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm John. I'm Zach. And don't forget to get pucks deep. Get pucks to the net. And, uh... Win some hockey games. Everything will be okay, Zach. It's a long season. He's probably out for, what, four weeks? At least four weeks. He might come back sooner. They said minimum. Everything will be okay. Hey, Corey Snyder isn't day-to-day anymore. Woo. Bye. Bye.